Good morning, everyone. How many love Jesus today? You love him? Big shout out to all of our locations, Elk River, Lakeville, Maple Grove, Spring Lake Park, and those joining online. I'm so glad that you could be with us today. Hey, we got some exciting things happening this weekend. Of course, we got Good Friday Easter services, but right before that, Pastor John Carlos, I want you to come out here, share what's happening with our worship music. It's going out there. It's going out there. Everybody say, watch and see. Coming out Thursday, April 6th. Everybody say Thursday. Thursday. April 6th. April 6th. We got a special single, part of an entire album, which is, this is the title track of the album called Watch and See. You can actually go and pre-save it right now. If you have your Emmanuel MN app, or if you follow us on Instagram at Emmanuel Live Music, you can find the pre-save link. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Lo Que Sea, wherever you listen to music. Go and pre-save that today. I will say this. We get a special online exclusive to YouTube. It has kind of the extended version. If you like spontaneous worship, this has a little bit more of that. That's going to be also released on YouTube only Thursday, April the what? 6th. April the 6th. So be sure to check out Watch and See. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Give it up for Pastor John Carlos and the team. That's the title of my message. Dear friend, chapter 6, if you will, verse series in the series, walk it out. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes, say, walk it out. All right, here we go. Second John verse one. This letter is from John, the elder. I am writing to the chosen lady and to her children whom I love in the truth. By the way, the chosen lady and her children, that's referring to the church and the people of the church. Okay, that's what it's referring to. Whom I love in the truth, as does everyone else who knows the truth. How many remember knowing means experiencing, not just having the facts in your head, but actually living out and experiencing the truth as in the word, but also the presence of the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, that you can have a real-time relationship with the Spirit. So he says, whom I love in the truth, as does everyone else who knows the truth, because the truth lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace, which come from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, will continue to be with us who live in truth and love. I love this because he's saying he'll continue. Keep it going. Don't just let it be one time but let it continue. All right, verse number four says, how happy I was to meet some of your children, some of the people in church, and find them living according to the truth, just as the Father commanded. In other words, he had seen and heard about people that are actually living it out. How many know there's a difference between being called a Christian and living as a Christian? Like, there's a difference. So just... Just because you're in a church doesn't make you a Christian. Just because I go into my garage does not make me a car. (laughs) Now, there's some other factors in that, although sometimes I felt like an Uber driver raising my kids and taking them to practice and stuff. But there's something about this, this apostle, the elder John, that makes him proud and happy about people living it out. Just this last week, uh, I was in Maple Grove, 
And uh, each of our location pastors, didn't they do a great job preaching last week? So excited. We got a great team. And I was in Maple Grove, and so I was with Pastor James and Sharice and their team. And, and when I pulled into the parking lot, I noticed something. Uh, as I went in, all of the cars, now I got there a little bit early, and all the Team Emmanuel people get there early, the production team, worship teams, some of the kids, uh, uh, volunteers were there. They were all, all their cars were parked to the edge of the parking lot, as far out as you can go. And they left all the prime spaces for people who'd come later. And my heart was so big, I was like, they get it! They totally get it! Because they realize it's not about them, it's about the people that they get to minister to, the guests that would come in later. And I just want, to, I want you to, in fact, turn to the person next to you and say, it's not about you. <laughs> there is something powerful, because I was, I was just, as a pastor, I was like, yes! Because on most weekends, I am speaking directly to you, Maple Grove. I'm talking to you, but I don't get to see you. Last week, I was walking around, and I was like, hey, it's so good to see you. And they're like, yeah, I see you every week. <laughs> but for me, I was so pumped and so happy to see they get it. And of course, I got to watch, walk around and see the incredible kids' ministry and what was going on, first impressions, and, and get to see the beautiful people of Maple Grove. Give a big clap for all those in Maple Grove, Pastor James and your team. You guys are amazing. And meanwhile, Jody was in Elk River. And uh, she was helping with growth track there, and so she went to both services, and she got to observe what was going on. We just expanded our kids' facility there. It's amazing. If you haven't seen it, you might want to check it out one of these weekends. Go check it out, and uh, the, there are so many young families coming, and so many people are excited. The cafe, the manual cafe for coffee is like loaded and it's brand new and the kitchen is awesome and, and the people were worshiping and, and she came back and she told me all about it and I was like, yes, they get it. It's happening in Elk River. Give it up for Pastor Brian and Joy and all the team there. You guys are amazing, super amazing. And then that night, I got home and I get to read our location pastors, each of them, send a report in at the end of the day. And they tell me, all the things that have gone on during the week, the meetings that they had to kind of highlight praise reports, so many great things are happening during the week. And, and uh, so I read Pastor Joe's uh, Lakeville report last Sunday night, and, and our numbers keep going up, and our kids' numbers keep going up, and there's so much building and momentum happening in Lakeville. Man, I am so proud, because you get it in Lakeville. Give it up for Lakeville. What's happening in Lakeville? Woo! So... This is what John is saying. And in Spring Lake Park, which I like to call the womb, we birth campuses out of here. Every time that I get to see people taking care of each other, loving each other, taking care of one another, praying and worshiping together in the lobbies, in the hallways, in the parking lots, and you don't even know I'm watching. And I'm walking around, I just go, get it. There's something so cool about being a part of the fam. That's what he's saying. He's happy to see them walk it out. Everybody say, walk it out. Verse number five. He says, I am writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. I mean, you've heard this before in 1 John, huh? This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. 
Love means doing what God has commanded us. And he has commanded us to love one another, just as you heard from the beginning. Now, this is not a new commandment, but it starts with obedience. Why does he keep saying this? We said it in week number one of this series, week number two of the series, week number, th- why is John continuing to talk? Because we have to keep updating it. We can't have last month's version. It might have gotten corrupted. There might be some viruses. So we need to update it. We need to keep doing it. We need to keep loving each other. And love starts with obedience. And if we don't, there's a danger on the horizon. Look at verse 7. He says, I say this because many deceivers have gone out into the world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. And such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. John is saying there is a spirit and then there are people, actual people, that are deceiving other people. And at that time, over almost 2,000 years ago, In the early church, there were people that were trying to change the original gospel. They were trying to shift people away from believing in an actual bodily death and resurrection of Jesus. They were trying to say, no, that was just kind of symbolic. That was just something that they kind of did. And how many know that once you move away from the actual death of Jesus where he physically died on a cross for our sins, real blood hit the ground. He literally breathed his last breath. And then he was raised from the dead on the third day, rose in power, victorious, holding the keys of death, held in the grave in his hands. All power. If we don't believe those things, everything else is a waste. And so these antichrists, these other deceivers, these other ideas that try to kind of nudge us off of the original gospel, in the end, it moves us away from all the power of the gospel. And John says, be careful. I was looking at the word deceiver and what a a deceiver is this week online, dictionary.com. A deceiver is one who misleads another or others by a false appearance or statement especially one who does so habitually. Far from being a historian, he is a deceiver who invents, manipulates, and modifies documents. Changing what it originally meant. Putting different words in for it. Trying to make it something different. And in a day and age of changing meanings in literature and history, The Antichrist forces will work to change what you believe by changing the meaning of truth. Satan is the master deceiver. Go all the way back into Genesis. You remember Adam and Eve and how the serpent came up on Eve? In in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals and the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, Did God really say? You know what the enemy was doing? Questioning what God said. Did he really say you must not eat from the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? 
Of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. Now here, you need to recognize Eve actually knew what God said. She spat it back to him. But how many know the deceiver doesn't stop with one question? He continues to go around trying to find a hole in her belief system to get her to change what she did. So he follows up and he says, you, what does he say? You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. He questions what God said and in fact flips the table and goes, God wants to keep stuff from you. He wants to keep good things from you. And this is what the enemy will do to us. Whether it be in difficult circumstances, frustrating moments, or even in what we're thinking about or the group of people that we're around. It'll nudge in those questions to think, well, maybe it's not better following Jesus. Maybe some of the restrictions of following Jesus are archaic and old school in Old Testament. So you just throw that out and just have freedom to do whatever you want. And it sounds so good and so loving. Love everyone. Let anybody do what anybody wants to do. It sounds so good. But its end is the same as Eve's end. If you take the bait and bite the fruit, there is death in your bite. Come on, somebody. So the enemy wants to work his way in. This is what John is addressing. John is simply saying, hey, be careful of this because there are voices out there that will try to get you from, to stop believing who Jesus really is. In fact, he says in verse number eight, watch out. Everybody say, watch out. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. Do not lose. Don't lose it. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them, don't lose it. Don't lose it. Keep going. Verse number nine. Anyone who wanders away from this teaching has no relationship with God, but anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. And he says, okay, now be careful of what happens in the church and there's deceivers and there's antichrist trying to nudge you away. But then he says, don't bring it home either. Now, that may not be a problem in some ways. You know, in ancient culture, they were expected to be hospitable to anybody that came. So it was very different than Minnesota Scandinavian culture, where we love to give directions to any place but our house. It's not as natural to invite people over, but in those days, it was. And so he's saying, hey, there are a group of people you don't let in. You don't have to be hospitable to everybody. Because there's a group that if you let them in your house, dangerous things will happen. You let them in the door. And if you let them in the door, 
You're letting in their deception. So who do you allow into your home? What influences you, your kids? Who influences the people in your house? And now I'm talking about the social media side of things, what's on your phone, the things that you watch, the things that are trending on Netflix. Just because everybody else is letting it in their home doesn't mean you need to let the deceiver into your home. Who's training your kids up? Are they getting the full truth? Or are they getting an altered version of the original truth? You need to know. You need to know what's coming into your head. You need to know what's going to your kids. You need to be aware of what's influencing their headset when they're playing video games. Now, I know I got some gamers in the house. I know I got a whole bunch of guys that are gamers, but there's some women that are incredible and stealthy and taking you down. Did you know that the entire video game industry is one of the most powerful industries in the world? And they know how to get your mind focused on certain things, to observe, and if it's replayed over and over and over again, it becomes a part of who you are. To say nothing of the conversation and the words that are going into your ears. This is what I want you to consider. When the scripture talks about that there, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities in high places, Ephesians. It's talking about those things that are controlling and manipulating and influencing systems. So it's not just talking about the governor, although we need to pray for the governor. I pray, Lord, either give him righteousness or move him out. Just give him righteousness or move him out. I don't want him doing the wrong thing. I want him doing the right thing. That's not a negative. That's a positive. I want the same thing for everybody. But listen, if all we do is focus on politics, you're missing the boat. Because the deception's not just in state houses or in Washington, D.C. It's actually in the influences behind Netflix and behind TikTok and behind all the, knowing how to manipulate things to get in your home, in your head. And before you give in to think I'm one political party or another, I tend to think I want to be Bible. I don't want to be only preaching Republican or Democrat. I want to preach the original gospel. And it better fit. And sometimes it doesn't fit on either side. Some of us get our gospel from talk show hosts. Oh, you didn't think I was going to talk about that, did you? And then we start talking with their phrases and painting people with their phrases and nicknaming people. And I just want to tell you this, that's not Jesus. Get your gospel, get your, be careful about what goes in your home. <laughs> I, first service didn't get that. Verse 12. <laughs> I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to do it with paper and ink, for I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. Then our joy will be complete. Greetings from the children of your sister chosen by God. I love how John ends this. He also ends the next letter the same way. Digital is good. Text is good. Writing is good. Online church is good, but face to face is better.
We need each other. And he says that my joy is complete when we're together. And listen, that's my desire, that we be together. That's why we talk about growth track all the time. Redwood faith is that sense of connection and being together. All right, let's turn the page into 3 John, verse 1. This letter, this next letter, is from John the Elder. I'm writing to Gaius, my dear friend, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, that's the title of this series, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Let me just do a little parenthetical note about that, that um, God is into your health, not just physically, but including physically. And he's into your spiritual health as well. And that body could also include your emotions, your emotional world. And John was saying, I, I want it to be well with you. And I would hope that that's exactly as we follow Jesus, you, you would experience emotional, relational, physical, spiritual health as you follow Jesus. If you walk in his ways, he will help you. And that includes what you put in your mouth, your nutrition, what you do as far as your exercise goes. It's a part of your faith. Now, some people get overboard and they make it all their faith. And then it becomes idolatry. So God's not into idolatry, but he is into you walking in health. Can I get an amen to that? So dear friend, I want you to be strong. I want you to be strong in the spirit and in your body. Verse three, some of the traveling teachers recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living according to the truth. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth or they're walking it out. Now, I want you to catch here that he says that there's a traveling teachers that are sharing information when they come back and talk to John. So these teachers are going out to other churches and they're seeing the people of God and they're coming back with a report. Just like I was getting a real-time report in Maple Grove last week. Somebody was sending word about the health of the church. And as the word comes back, you need to understand John experienced something that we're experiencing. He's heard about the church's faithfulness from traveling teachers who are living according to the truth. But did you know that our walk is talked about behind our backs? The people talk about you. And I'm not just talking about in church. I'm talking about everywhere you go. That people are observing you they're noticing whether you live it or not on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Parents, just because you brought your kids to church doesn't mean the only place they're learning is in Emmanuel Kids. They are learning from you tonight and tomorrow and the next day. When you walk it out, they're observing you. And sometimes people outside of the family, people that you work with, people that you go to school with, neighbors, family members, sometimes they watch for a long time before they believe what you say. Don't just tell me it, show me it. They are watching you and they're talking behind your back and they're waiting to see whether or not it's true. For parents, for spiritual leaders, for coaches, for mentors, nothing is better than hearing that the people we invest in are living it out. As a pastor, I used to pastor tons of teenagers back in the day, I get so excited when I hear reports back of kids in my youth group that are not living it out. 
Now, I am playing the long game with them just as I am with anybody else, though. That means sometimes they walk away. But as a, a father heart, if you will, a pastor heart, a leader heart, a mentor heart, I'm believing in the long term that they're going to come back around. In the church, we need to think like that because it's possible that some people that once worshiped with us walk away, but they are measuring how we handle them over the long haul to determine whether or not they want to come back. So we don't cancel people. There are no perfect people in church. And if you think you are, you're not here right now. <laughs> the truth is, is that we have to believe in them for the long haul. So that at some point, like the son of the, the now is called, people have called the prodigal son, the one that left the father and took off and spent the wealth and found himself in the pig's pen. There has to be a thought in their head. Surely it's better to be back in the house of God, my father, even as a servant, just to come back. I want you to hear me clearly. If you're online and you're listening right now and watching, or you're one of our people that are listening on a podcast, I want you to know if you've been away from God for a long time, no matter what you've done, what you've gone through, there is a place for you back in church. You can come home. I believe in you for the long haul. That's the heartbeat of John. There's no greater joy than see people turn around, live it out, be who God has designed them to be. When I watch my sons train their kids to live out the principles I once taught them, it makes me proud. Verse number five. Dear friend, you are being faithful to God when you care for the traveling teachers who pass through. Even though they are strangers to you, they have told the church here of your loving friendship. Please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God. For they are traveling for the Lord and they accept nothing from people who are not believers. So we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. This is a, a, a moment where He's just saying, hey, there are people out there that are doing it, and they're doing it with pure motives, and they're good stewards of God's money, and we're not expecting the world to take care of them. That's the responsibility of the church. That's exactly what we do here at Emmanuel with Kingdom Builders. I encourage you to look on our website or in our app at all of the partners we have for Kingdom Builders. And I'm just going to tell you, as John says, we are partners with every organization that's doing different parts whether it be Convoy of Hope that steps in for the tornado victims in Mississippi from this past week, or it be another organization where we rescue kids that are being trafficked in the United States and around the world, or providing water for villages that have no water, or the gospel is reaching people who have never heard the gospel before. You are partners with them, and when they win somebody to Jesus, or they rescue a family from darkness, listen, you win as the kingdom wins. And that's exa exactly what John is saying. Don't stop doing it. There's great joy in it. And by the way, I don't know exactly how God does it, but when we choose and determine to follow God's ways, there, there's something spectacular that happens. Everything that we give, he has a way of replacing it. I'm not promising that happens that way every time. I just know in my own personal life with Jody and I, as we took courageous decisions to sacrifice and to give to missions, even early on in our marriage, some way or another, God replaced it. 
And I don't know how it happens, but I believe when we lean into how God does things, he takes care of us. And if he recognizes we don't keep all that to ourselves, but we are generously partnering with people around the world, he keeps giving us more because he knows where the next amount is going to go. Can I get an amen to that? Kingdom builders is powerful. Okay, verse number nine. I wrote to the church about this, but Diotrephes, who loves to be the leader, refuses to have anything to do with us. And when I come, I will report some of the things he is doing and the evil accusations he is making against us. Not only does he refuse to welcome the traveling teachers, he also tells others not to help them. And when they do help, he puts them out of the church. Dear friend, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good. Remember that those who do good prove that they are God's children and those who do evil prove that they do not know God. It's real simple. There's a bad example of somebody in the church. John says the Iatrophes is this guy that has selfish motives and he's hurting people and he's talking about them behind his back. And he just simply says, don't let that bad example lead you away from the truth. Everybody put your Bibles down, your notes down, just say, look this way. Is it possible that you know some people that aren't really living it out in the church? You got some memories of somebody that hurt you? There's whole websites and whole groups of people that are trying to call out all of the corruption that they see in the church or church leaders. And then many people have said, you know what, because of that corruption, all of the gospel is worthless. And they're walking away because they're hurt by or wounded by or whatever. And let me tell you this, unfortunately, the corruption isn't just with church leaders. It's with every kind of organization in the world. People are full of sin, and guess what happens? Corruption happens wherever sin is. So don't let that bad example distract you from there are some good examples. And don't let the narrative of what's going on that's wrong distract you from the fact that Jesus, he was uncorrupted. When Jesus stepped in, he did not sin. He could, have, he could have destroyed the whole lot of people, but he didn't. Why? Because he took our sin on himself. And keep your focus on the one who is true. And all the rest of us that are imperfect people, we're all looking to Jesus to change our inside too. So that if there's anything crooked in me, God would straighten it out. And then the responsibility of church leaders is to make sure that we protect the sheep. So that when we discover that there's a wolf that comes in, then church leaders' responsibility is to deal with it. To not overlook it, but to deal with it so that the flock stays a safe place for everyone. Can I get an amen to that? Listen, it's our responsibility. Don't let bad examples stop you from following good examples. In fact, he looks, look at verse 12. He says, everyone who speaks highly of Demetrius, as does the truth itself, we ourselves can say the same for him, and you know we speak the truth. Listen, we need to have our own good examples. John gives one right here. His name is Demetrius. Did you know that there are people that actually are living it out? And they're not selfish, so they're not trying to get a lot of likes on Instagram about it. But there are people that God has placed in your life and in my life that are humble Christians, living the truth out. They're not perfect, but they're following Jesus. Let those people be your examples. Follow the good ones. Look, you and I need to have our own list of good people 
Because there's, it seems that all the corruption that comes up in different places of government and in the society we're in or corporations or whatever else, we can get so full of those things, that's all we think about. But what if we began to fill our own list up of all the good people, the good coaches, the good teachers, the good parents, the good people that are serving God and they're faithful and they don't quit. Let those be our heroes. Let those be the ones we focus in on instead of the bad ones. Can I get an amen to that? Finally, we reach the end of 3 John. He says, I have much more to say to you, just like Pastor Nate does, but I don't want to write it. I inserted that. (laughs) But I don't want to write it with pen and ink, for I hope to see you soon, and then we will talk face to face. Peace be with you. Your friends here send you their greetings. Please give my personal greetings to each of our friends there. Listen, words on paper are good, but being together is so much better. Face to face is vital. Turn to the person next to you and say, and look them in the eyes. Say, I need you. I need you. All right. So I'm going to end this series with four crucial values to walk it out. I want you to remember these. Write these down somewhere if you can. Four crucial values to walk it out. Number one, and this is from John and what he's been saying in First and Second, Third John. One, walk it out in love. Walk it out in love. How do you do that? You are obedient to his truth. If you're obedient to his truth, it can straighten out what is not truth in you. So that the love that comes out of you is his kind of love. Then we need to have love for each other. How can you walk it out in love this Easter? Maybe you need to think about family that you haven't seen for a while, people that have wandered away, people that are having a difficulty, people that you're in a fight with. Why not reach out in agape, unconditional love? Why not invite them to your house or for a meal or for coffee or even to church this Friday or Saturday? Maybe they'll come with you. Maybe, maybe this is the time to walk it out in love. Don't just be a Christian that appreciates Good Friday and Easter for yourself. Walk it out in love and include others. Secondly, four crucial values to walk it out. Walk it out in truth. Walk it out in truth. Are deceivers trying to work on you? Are they, is that subtle little thought coming at you? Did God really say? And how are you to fight that? You're to fight it by leaning into the way, the truth, and the life. In the middle of a generation swinging wildly away from God's written truth, which is the Bible, what if we all reconnected to the words of truth and we walked out the truth? And I know this. I have many people in our church that you are like, you're a Bible study addict. You've read everything. you watch Bible studies. You've seen it. You know it. But the overwhelming number of people under the sound of my voice They only know sound bites because they haven't looked at the truth themselves. So this is my challenge, my double dog dare you. What if instead of copycatting other people's phrases about social issues, you actually read the Bible yourself? One of the reasons that we've gone verse by verse through this series is I can't avoid different things. I've got to speak it through. That's exactly how we need to be. Then the truth is in us. 
Read it through. Walk it out in truth. Third, four crucial values to walk it out. Walk it out together. Growth happens together. John has an emphasis in his writings that you've seen of face-to-face relationship with other other believers. And it's a clue to how we stay in the truth. So when we talk about redwood faith here at the church, we're talking about the great metaphor of the redwoods on the west coast. They grow hundreds of feet tall. They're super big. Their root system only goes about eight to 10 feet deep. But they live hundreds of years despite storms and fires and everything else. How do they live? It's because their root system is interconnected. You cannot stay true to the faith and walk out the truth if you are disconnected from the rest of the body. Listen, on demand, just watching a message does not change your life. I can't disciple you from the pulpit. I can only challenge you to get in relationship with the rest of the body. And Paul says that when you're connected to the body, the head of the church is Jesus, will talk to you and speak to you and lead you. And you'll use your sisters and brothers to help you fight and stay connected to the journey that is ahead of you. Walk it out together. Everybody said together. And finally, number four, four crucial values to walk it out. Walk it out so the world may see Jesus. So the world may see Jesus. This world is dark, but we aren't walking in truth for ourselves. We need to stay true for those that are watching. We need to bring the light into darkness. We need to have courage that overcomes fear. That's why John said, perfect love drives out or casts out fear. We need to have that courage, though there's persecution. And instead of getting all upset, just because everybody's pointing at Christians, blaming Christians, get caught up in a culture war, what if we just said, Lord, when it gets darker, help me to shine brighter? Not just shout at the darkness, be light in the darkness. I'm living out my faith, not just for me, but for those that God has called me to be around. I want those that are in darkness to find hope as I find my hope in Jesus and to let the light shine in the darkness. There's prayer cards at each of your seats. I want you to pull them out in front of you. You see them in front of you in the back of the seat? So you have some of them in the front rows underneath sometimes. You might need to reach around. If you don't have one, grab one. I want everybody to get one of these. It just says prayer and praise. Prayer and praise. And then uh, online, we have our own way of doing this too, by the way. So you're going to be able to do something right along with us, those that are joining online. This is what I want you to do. I want you to utilize this right now. I want you to write out five names of people you know that are in darkness and need the light. They could be away from Jesus. They could be caught up in a deception. They could be whatever they, but there are people in your life right now, family members, friends, coworkers, could be anybody that you know. Write those names down. Grab a pen if you can from somebody. If you don't have a pencil or pen nearby you, write those names down. And I want you to consider that each of those names are valuable and they need you. To walk it out means that you're thinking about those people. You're thinking about people, real people. And instead of getting angry at those in darkness, 
you get a burden for them. I'm going to challenge you to pray for them. Even the ones that have hurt you sometimes, even the ones that bother you sometimes. And if you can pray it out, God will change your heart. It's impossible to pray for somebody for a long time and hate them. So you pray for them. You pray for people that are away from you. And, and you have that list. And you invite, what if you invited those same people to church this week? If they come, great. If they don't, keep walking it out in front of them. Keep believing. Keep, don't give up. You'll reap a harvest if you don't quit. There's something good for you. All right, I want you to stand with me, each of our locations. Thanks for hanging with me. Grab your cards. Don't put these away. Keep, keep them in your hand. I want to give an opportunity, first of all, if you're with us today and you're away from Jesus, maybe you've got darkness in your life that's taken over. I don't want you to walk out without having the hope that comes from Jesus. In fact, just close your eyes wherever you are. Each of our locations, if you're away from Jesus, the simple gospel says this, Jesus is the light of the world. And he comes in and he shines his light, not to condemn the world, but for the world to find hope through him. And if you're here today, there is hope, not condemnation. That if you turn to Jesus, you confess your sins to him, but you receive his forgiveness and his life, you can be made new. A real Jesus died on the cross for you and rose from the dead for you. But today you can put your faith and hope in him. Nobody's looking around, but if you say, Pastor Nate, I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm away from him and I need his light. And that could be you once walked with him and you walked away and it's your time to come home. Or it could be you've never given your life to Christ, never surrendered to him. And today you can do that. Either case, if you need Jesus today, I want to pray with you. Just put your hand up. Say, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yes, 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 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Wow. You raised your hand and you can do it online or you do it in any of our locations. I want to pray with you and you can pray this prayer with me. I'll give you words to pray, but you pray it out loud and I believe that Jesus will meet you. So repeat this prayer after me and everybody else you can join right in. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth, you died on the cross for my sin, and then you rose from the dead. And today, I know that you're alive. I surrender to you and choose to follow you for the rest of my life. Let your light shine in my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise in the house. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to take your next steps of following Jesus. We'll give you some instructions later on. We'll have prayer teams available on the main floor in the back of the balcony for you. But I want to do one more thing, and then we're going to sing and then we'll close in prayer at the end of the service. But I want you to take those cards that you got, those names. And if you don't, you didn't write them down, but you know those names, I want you to put those in your hands in front of you. Look down at those names. 
All right? I want you to consider those people. God has called you to walk it out in front of and to care for. In your hands, you can't do it, but in his hands, anything is possible, friends. Nothing is impossible with God. Now lift those cards up to heaven, will you? Just lift them up. Lift those names before him, those faces before him. Father, we come before you, and we thank you, Lord, that you reached down and you shined your light in our life. But we ask that today, that, Lord, you would let your light shine in others. We lift these names before you. In fact, for the next 25 seconds, I want you to pray out those names before God. Come on, lift your voice to him. Just say, Jesus, I pray for John. I pray for Bill. I pray for, lift those names before him. My son, my daughter, the cousin, my next door neighbor, Jesus. I bring them before you. I ask that you would show and shine your light. Help me to stay true. Help me to stay in the race, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.